0: What's up? Welcome to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. I have Jason Fox, also known as Lee Clow's Beard, although probably not really known as that. He's 25 years into a hardcore career of hardcore copywriting and brand building. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for having me, Mark. Good to be here pleasure i hope you appreciate my use of hardcore twice in the introduction because that's how hardcore you are and because you're so hardcore we're going to talk about hardcore fundamentals today we're going to talk about lee clausbeard a bit about your career and what on earth it means to do writing that works in this day and age for those who don't know lee clausbeard is a hilarious matter of fact social media empire A hardcore social media empire that doles out very practical advice that sounds philosophical and therefore more important. Uh, That's probably the tone of voice you wrote. Philosophical, therefore more important. Uh, Just about how to do the job that we all do. How did you come to do it and when did you start? I started
1: in the spring of 2009. I was, I guess we would say, freelancing or unemployed at the time. Uh, Twitter had finally started to take off a little bit. I'd been, you know, on Twitter for a while, but it wasn't, you no know, no one was doing a whole whole lot with it. It's finally gained a bit of traction. I knew I had clients who may or may not want to be, uh, be on the social medias, uh, as the kids might say, but they, they, they won't because they're much cooler than I am. Decided I should be on there trying to do something, so I knew how, how it worked. I also knew that no one really cared what uh, this random guy in Dallas, which is where we were living at the time. I necessarily had to say bad things. I was like, well, what else can I do to maybe gain a little bit of traction with what's going on? So at first, I actually decided I would spoof Alex Bogusky because you know it was the late Audis and he was at the height of his powers and fame and whatnot. So I started a Twitter handle. I think it was Bogus Bogusky, because that's super clever. And about two hours after uh, registering that, I discovered someone already had been doing it for quite a while and had been doing uh, quite a good job of that satirizing Crispin Porter and Alex himself. Mm. So I checked that out the window and rethought things and decided that the world didn't really need yet another sarcastic copywriter throwing even more snark uh, into the wind so what else, what else could I do? So I thought maybe I'd try and speak little words of wisdom, sometimes uplifting, sometimes a bit more uh, barbed, because I, I, I am a, a copywriter and you, you can't keep all the barbs away all the time. So that came down to, okay, if I'm gonna do this, how, what kind of persona do, do, do I use? What do I uh, gravitate towards? And I never, I never met Lee, but I obviously knew knew of him. And it dawned on me that he was one of the few people in the ag community that I had never really heard anything bad about. I'm sure someone has an axe to grind with Lee at uh, some point, but I, I hadn't heard anything. And he'd always had this, this beard, and beards are kind of an interesting thing. You know, it was still 2009 the the hipster movement of all beards all the time hadn't quite taken hold yet so i decided well what if what if i'm tweeting out these things that have perhaps fallen into lee's beard through the years as he had he had spoken them so that's kind of how it took shape it was either going to be lee's <laughs> beard or uh, jeff guppy's ponytail and that's not quite as interesting um sorry Sorry, Jeff. So I went with went with Lee, and it uh, took off from there. It kind of you know started as a little little jokey at first, something you know here, something there, something about you know being mistaken for a hobo or rain getting stuck in my beard. Uh, but those kind of faded within the first month, and it just became a tweet a day, and slowly it gathered followers, and kind of took off from there.
0: I like that. And what, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really associate, I, I just the way that you explained it made me chuckle because the, the thing about the ponytail is the ponytail is not near the mouth. The beard is near the mouth. So for things yes. to like words to fall out of the mouth into the beard, I'm like, oh, I totally get that. And you're, the, the way that you got there is some form of logic and there were probably detours along the way. But the way that you explained that is like you had a hunch like what's interesting about it uh, and I'm not explaining yourself back to you or you back to yourself I'm sort of explaining this to other people who wish they could do the work that you've done and to have an amazing Twitter account and social media presence like you but that flow of logic is interesting because that's kind of how it works right You're like okay who's interesting Lee Cloud he's got a beard what, what could I do he's going to be talking things are going to fall into his beard I'm going to call it Lee Cloud's beard boom that's basically what happened right
1: pretty much yeah that's pretty go. much it
0: and it sounds simple and obvious in the telling but i was chuckling as you were telling me the logic and how you got there which is what good ideas should do unless they're really sad ideas what <laughs> I talk about, when you use words like spoof and sarcastic and barbed what made you barbed in life mr fox
1: oh i'm a bit of a cliche from a, a writer's standpoint you know i've got the streak of melancholy. I can see things from pretty much any angle, both good and bad. I can see the glasses being half full and half empty and everywhere, uh, in between all the time. So that's that's just how I am. And I've I've I came I came to writing through, you know, sarcasm. Let's face it, I was a teenager at one point in my life and that's how, you know, teenagers talk. I've got three kids of my own now who are unfortunately as gifted as i was or am in (laughs) department so now i have to teach them to think a little uh brighter about about things in life Mm -hmm. so but that's that's how i started in in high school you know we were into monty python you know in a a rather big way my uh, group Mm -hmm. of friends so that's obviously great great training for that uh, style of humor that i like very uh british do you have a favorite monty python movie Oh, it'd have to be Holy Grail. It's hard to, oh. it's just hard to, to top that. We 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 did, however, convince my English teacher my junior year, we convinced her to let us watch Life of Brian in class. Yeah, so that was that, that was nice. She
0: was actually a rather, a rather cool teacher. Oh, I love that. I was over in London recently and met a guy who helps run one of the independent cinemas over there. They do really creative stuff. And I'm like, could you please do a Monty Python night? And it's like, if you bring a Brian... To watch Life of Brian, you get him free. Like I just wanted to like do this Bring a Brian thing because it's it's such a, a hilarious movie. It's it, I wouldn't say it's aged amazingly well. And then on YouTube there are all these interviews that happened around the time with you know was it some cardinal or archbishop trying to get it banned and some of it was it was banned in certain places and yeah. it's, it's amazing you know like the stuff that some of us would talk about and maybe even some of the stuff you tweet you might have been. In real trouble a few decades ago.
1: <laughs> it's quite possible, which is which is fairly funny because in real life, um, as folks say, I would be considered a bit of a square. Um, you know, you don't. No one looks at me and thinks that guy. That guy is creative. No, it looks like I stepped out of a Gap store, even though I have uh, moved up to J. Crew and uh, some other. Uh, brands, but I'm not. I'm nothing that people think. Oh, that's a wild and crazy guy. If I can steal from Steve Martin.
0: Yeah. Do you dress yourself, or does somebody else? Buy I your
1: do. Clothes? No, I. I have. I have graduated to um, uh, dressing myself and knowing what looks uh, decent on me, which is not skinny jeans, which do not look good oh. on anybody. No one.
0: Oh. No one out there. That's good. I, I appreciate that you're taking responsibility for your, for your uh, adult fashion. That's very important. Uh, when you used the word melancholy before, it's a word I identify with. It's a word I use a lot. Uh, I'm currently working with someone on my melancholy. How are you using that word? Is it, is it, was that just like a flippant mention of a, of a word, or do you feel sadness quite often and try to work out how to use it in creative ways?
1: Um, no, it was definitely not a uh, flippant use of the, the word.
0: Um, how to explain it um yeah how, how do you experience it is, is it something that's new has it been with you for a long time how have you come to understand it
1: yeah it's 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 always it's always been there i've never you know, i've been a pretty i guess even keeled sort of individual but it's never i'm not a ray of sunshine in fact that was my uh, uh nickname at one of the agencies i, I worked at which obviously was uh, meant in in jest my nickname was Sunshine. I'm not downbeat necessarily, but I'm not. No one would accuse me of being effervescent. That's mm-hmm. just not me. And that's, frankly, that's probably uh, hindered my career on on some level because I'm not. I'm just not bubbly. That's mm-hmm. not me. You know, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not somebody who tries to tear other people down in any way. And I'm not trying to, you know, extend the misery or anything. That's just kind of the, how I am and how I how I see things. And that, but that to me to be some other way maybe it's lifelong naivete that I don't want to change it too much because that's how I see things and that's how I can perceive things and that's how I can get you know into the feelings of, of others and un- uncover truths about why people do what they do and buy what they buy and enjoy what they enjoy and how do I reach those folks. Yeah so I don't I, I don't want to numb um, any sense of uh, feeling. That I've gotten, if that's how I am, as long as you know it's it's not a you know an actual medical or you know mental issue, that should be Mm -hmm. addressed. Then I'm fine with it.
0: Have you talked to many people about it? No. Okay. Well, I I appreciate you sharing. And here's the thing: there are hundreds of people listening right now. Not everybody. There are hundreds of people who are listening right now who are like, oh. It's not just me. Uh, what you were just saying, I've written pages and pages about and uh, recently started therapy for the first time in 15 years. And here's how I understood feelings and empathy. Uh, there's a section in this book I'm doing and it's called Empathy is, is a Powerful Burden. And I'm like, because I feel all these things at all times, even though on the outside, I think some people think I'm quite calm. Uh But because I feel all these things at all times, I can get into people's heads a little bit and try to feel it and then write and do things that are useful. And in therapy, it was interesting because the therapist said to me after three days of 45-minute sessions, she said, every time I ask you about feelings and how you feel, you talk about other people's feelings. And you use words and ideas and kind of... she, uh, She didn't use the word fuss, but she's like, you kind of dabble in like words and ideas to avoid talking about your feelings and i'm like how do i don't uh, I, I this is this, it, like you're messing with my mind right now because i experience myself as highly emotional at m- like most of the time and a key part of that emotion is like i'll just wake up sad and i'm like this seems unnecessary <laughs> like, what's going on <laughs> what's 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 going on and the thing that will cheer me up is just going and writing and getting and like moving through it and it's not even you know use the word bubbly i i operate largely in a neutral to sad capacity a lot of the time. Doing this right now, I feel joy. I feel happy. I feel real. This, this is great. So, uh, I'm, I'm sort of jumping into your story a little bit because people who are listening often don't have people around them who can support them through their own feelings and many of these people are attracted to our kind of industry. So, just wanted to point that out. Like, have you ever talked about this, with, like a proper conversation with anybody?
1: Uh, not a... Uh, not an Professional, therapeutical, no, but you know, I've had discussions about it. You know, we work in a creative industry, and it's it's not unusual. It's just not. I frankly, I I expect people to be more like me than not, at least in you know the creative part of our uh, business. But the more you know, the the older I get, the more I realize that kind of most people are this way, and and those who those who aren't, those who have a, I guess, brighter disposition are really, in a way, blessed. But you are who you are. You know, you, you have the cards you've been dealt with and how are you going to, to deal with that and use that? I mean, I don't I don't have a miserable existence because of it. I actually have a very good existence because of it. You know, it's what has allowed me to make a living, to support my family, to express myself creatively. You know, you can, can combine that with the way that I can Mm-hmm. observe things and make strange connections that i think other people can't quite make or get there and you know weave those in a certain way and it, it, it comes out in a you know in a positive piece of piece of work and that's that's nice and that's good yeah, and yeah. I, don't, I don't want to change it too much
0: yeah that's so that's so as, as long as self harm isn't a thing and like really dark thoughts aren't a thing all the time then you can use it to your advantage Uh, there are some people who feel a lot of empathy who are able to excuse other people's bad behavior as well and I think that can be a bit of a trap like oh well they probably thought this about that situation and you're like you know sometimes you need a phrase like you know what I'm doing this for me what do I want I don't care and sometimes we don't grow up thinking that we're allowed to say and ask these things it's kind of weird Um, so We're going to talk about fundamentals. And I mean, it is interesting to start the conversation talking about what maybe is fundamental to your mind. But if we shift into fundamentals of... First of all, and I want to separate these things. So fundamentals of brand building, and then I want to get into fundamentals of copywriting. I'm sure there's going to be an overlap. What do you think are some of the fundamentals of brand building? And I'm sure these have been dropped into Lee Cloud's beard at some point through through your words, but like what do you think are some of the fundamentals of brand building that we've lost regular contact with? Right.
1: My keys to, to brand building aren't complex and they're not. Hopefully, a revelation to anybody, but we seem to, they seem to get lost in the uh, sturm and drang that we endure every day. It's be relevant to your audience, uh, be interesting, because they're not always the same thing. You can be very relevant and uh, very uh, boring. (laughs) And people might eventually seek you out because you are, you know, you have something that they they, they need, but uh, they don't really want to. Deal with you because you're a very uh, boring entity and be nice. Be nice to your customers. It's not, it's really not as hard as we tend to to make it, make it out to be. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of it, you know, do what you're going to say, do those things before you start saying them, you know, don't make promises you haven't already been keeping in in practice And, and go from there. Everything else is, then becomes, you know, what, what are the, you know, the, exact strategies we're going to use who who is our audience how are we going to reach them and what manner are we going to reach them what should our personality be those are those then become the the layer upon layer uh, the add to the brand to fulfill those fundamental uh, aspects of it i don't think it's as complex maybe i am naive I've, i've got a marketing degree and i went into marketing because frankly i didn't know what else to do. And marketing struck me as easy (laughs) and fairly intuitive. And I realized it it, it wasn't quite as intuitive as I imagined, but it also wasn't as intuitive for others as it seemed to be um, for myself, for reasons I still don't quite understand and haven't really cared to um, (laughs) find out, uh, quite honestly. But it's, you know, it's people want certain things they need to know about products um it's our job to inform them in a manner that they enjoy and then you know fulfill that you know we're we're part of you know i keep seeing articles about the four p's are dead well the four p's aren't dead if they're they're just they're they're not i'm sorry And for those who don't know what the four p's are it's price place which is distribution Promotion, which is advertising and marketing, and of course, I always forget the fourth thing. product, mind works, product. <laughs> yes, that that
0: <laughs> that's small like, thing. That's like, the product. Yeah, I thought you would start there. Let's start there. Let's
1: start <laughs> you should start there. It's which, which, frankly, a lot of people don't even bother to start with. It's like we just got this random piece of junk, and we're gonna sell it and push it, and that's how you end up with the uh, ShamWow. But.
0: Let me push you around a little bit, right? So sure. I think as we get a little bit older, sometimes we yearn for things that are in the past. As in, I, I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. I don't just think it. I think it's, it's exactly what happens. And there are a few kind of parody advertising accounts that are managed by people who've been around for a long time. And I think it's very easy to say that we're missing the fundamentals or that it's very easy to say that we're distracted by all these new fandangled things. How do you know that what you're saying right now is true, and not just you yearning for like back in the day, or back in the day when (laughs) copywriting was respected, or back in the day when I was respected? (laughs) How do you know this stuff?
1: One, I'm not sure copywriting was ever respected.
0: Um, (laughs) Really, don't say that.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Advertising in general is not overly respected by the public at large. I mean, people. People like good things. And if that's an ad, great. If I can, you know, steal, of course, from uh, Howard Gossage and uh, paraphrase him very uh, poorly in that regard. I'm not saying new is bad. I'm saying these are the fundamentals. Whatever comes should be built upon those things. Obviously, you know, I've made you know my biggest, I guess, personal mark professionally on Twitter. But I'm not going to be out there saying every brand should be on Twitter. Most brands can't pull it off. They're just, they don't have, they don't really have the resources, especially small brands. Now, some small brands, that's all they've done. They've gone after it and attacked Twitter and done something really, really great with it. And that's fantastic. To me, all these things, all these shiny things that tend to distract us, they're all tools. But if you haven't taken care of those fundamentals, then you're kind of just throwing darts at the board after, you know, five pints of Guinness. And a blindfold, and hoping something hits the bullseye.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, if you don't have those fundamentals in hand, then you don't know what to use. So, then you're, you will be running after all the next, you know, okay. to we gotta be on this social network, or we gotta be over here doing this, or we gotta, you know, before it was social, it was, you know, forms of direct mail and personalizing direct mail and all these things. There's always been something next. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with those things if they work for you and if they match you know what you need to be doing as a as a brand i don't have i don't have any bias against anything because it exists if you can make it work then fantastic it's just we tend to run after things and everything's the next big thing and people pour all this time and and effort and then they'll say well this old thing is dead and it doesn't work it's like well it might either might not work as well and that's true or maybe maybe it is dying but for a certain brand, it might still be a, a viable thing. So let's mm. let's not make, you know, we, we do deal in generalities because we're in marketing and that's, you know, we kind of have to or we go go insane. We don't want to micro niche everything to death. But what's these grand sweeping statements usually mean that whoever says something is dead, well, they're selling the opposite of what that thing is.
0: So, so part of your diagnosis that we've run over, or a lot of people are running over the fundamentals rather than doing them and they're running over the fundamentals to do something new is, is people talking about how something's dead and then how you're just seeing a lot of brands who are kind of flail, active but flailing in the things that are new. Is that basically what's going on that gets you to your diagnosis, doctor? That's probably pretty fair to say yes. Yes, i would that. What about copywriting? What are the, what are the fundamentals of copywriting? If you know, because people who there are people who do strategy work who listen to this and they they write all the time. You know, I don't always know what language they're using to write, but they write all the time. That was a little slap strategy people. Um, <laughs> stay stay with me. It was a loving slap, a melancholic <laughs> but loving slap, and an optimistic. I'm very optimistic. Like what how, what could you teach somebody about? somebody who works with copywriters about the actual craft like what are the fundamentals of copywriting that's my question oh wow um, i wish i would
1: written a book on it so i could pimp it right now the copywriting is different from even what a, a strategist you know writes in the brief or an article or, or, or a column even though they they do have similar needs and that they need to be interesting you know they need to speak in a way, to their their audience that you know, draws them in, even if it's, you know, a strategist writing a brief for someone, you know, that they work with, you know, that writing should still draw those people in. It needs to be clear enough. You know, we speak about clarity all the time. For some things, it needs to be, you know, super clear and blunt. It's probably more to the point that, a you know, on a, on a brief, you know, it should probably be Crystal clear, as opposed to you know trying to be funny and have people confused. Whereas in copywriting, I want to be interesting and clear, but I will trade a little bit of clarity to make something more interesting if I think that's going to you know keep people involved with it. You know, everything does not have to be over, like over-explained and put into, into bullet points in an in, in ad or in a script in the way um, it might be better suited to to the the brief. Um, Copywriting is, uh, it's, it's this crazy thing that at once seems very simple. It's like, it's like anything in advertising or in, in life, really. Things that are done very well often seem that they were done very simply, but it took a lot of complex thinking and a lot of practice and a little, uh, in, in some regards, a lot of trial and error, maybe not even on that piece, but for the last 20 years that someone's been doing something, to get to that point. To have something that is, is, is honed that they can speak in the voice of the brand and make it, make it something someone actually wants to read or if they don't want to read it. The headline was compelling enough that they've, you know, flowed down into the copy and they're glad that they read it. It gave them something, and to me, that's that's the point of copywriting and of making an ad, and it has to do with the with the design as well. The ad should be its own reward. People should feel should feel like they didn't waste their time, which I think most ads and you know, people say most ads are ignored, and that's to to a certain degree that's that's true. But some ads can't be ignored because of their their placement, whether that's you know, a, a of outdoor or a banner ad or any of those things. You're you see them. And even if you're trying to tune them out if you can't tune it out don't annoy the rot out of me You know, don't just offend my sensibilities just to try and sell me something I know what an ad is I know you're trying to sell me something that's fine I know how the world works but make it interesting give me a reason to, to, to care about it hmm. and, and get on and well, I've started rambling again so please
0: totally cool totally cool uh, that's what happens when you reach a hundred years old I'm joking. I'm just trying to mess with you now, Mr. Fox. Um, when you talk about the words in copywriting, giving people something, what do the words give people? What what could they give people?
1: Well, it's like it's like any great writing. You enjoy the words themselves. You enjoy the little, you know story but you know we go around storytelling a bit too much i think in, in advertising because i'm you know if i'm if it's a let's say it's a chunk of body copy i'm not weaving the same kind of story that an author is you know in a, a novel or even a, a short story because you're trying to get some features in there you're trying to do this but your your trick is how do you weave that in such a way that it is just this you know this snippet of a story a, a, a taste of the story to come if you Or to explore the brand further or to go buy the product and then experiencing that product is the payoff or what was said in the ad so there's there's flow and there's uh, rhythm and there's uh, word choice and stylistic things and you've got 50 words to pull all that uh, together and do it well and you know someone should be able to, to to read that and uh, it it is it is flow. I've I've yet to meet a good copywriter that doesn't have rhythm. That doesn't mean they mm. can dance well, but mm. they do have a sense of musicality about them. Um, mm. The best ones just do I mean, it let's,
0: let's face it: if you can use your words to dance, you're probably not a very good dancer. <laughs> I don't have any video of myself to either prove or disprove that statement. Well, it gives us something to work, work on over the weekend. Yeah, like when I, so when I'm talking with strategists about writing, I, I like an ad and a brief to at least give the reader one thing about themselves that they might not have known before or thought about before. And that's just one kind of creative constraint. But I, I think that's the way that I, I, when I hear you say, I want the words to give the, the reader something, that's, you know, I'm hearing rhythm and flow etc and then I'm, I'm adding things like tell them something they haven't heard before tell them something about themselves they haven't heard before and that it's interesting to kind of put all those ideas together how do you understand your rhythm when you're writing and does it shift that much or has it shifted that much over time as you've worked on different brands is there still a bit of the old foxy rhythm in everything
1: yes there there, there is that's just your your style and even when you can capture a different voice you're you can change your rhythm up but you still know it's it's you because it's like a great a great band they do ballads they do you know up tempo they do mid tempo you still know that it's them right so like I'm I'm currently working on um, creating a, a new brand voice for a company. So I did two different directions, but those two different directions are still, it's based on the branding platform they already have. So they're not wildly divergent because they shouldn't be wildly divergent, but they are different enough that you can tell these two things are not, not the same and you need to pick one or the other direction in which, which to go. Well, people who know me could probably read those and say, oh, that sounds like Jason. Hopefully no one who doesn't know me would see that and then see another brand that I've worked on and said, I'll bet the same guy Mm -hmm. wrote those things. Mm -hmm. Hopefully just say, well, those are both, you know, a couple of pieces of smart writing. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't you, you can't completely take yourself out, and I think that's one of the the hardest challenge of having a consistent brand voice, especially for bigger brands, is that they have you know a lot of different writers working on them. So trying to keep that consistent and everybody doing the same thing and the same style of rhythm, the same this, that, and the other uh, becomes a bigger a bigger challenge when there's not just totally totally one. one I would. Person I was t- doing it.
0: So I was, I was hoping to get to. A question asking you to explain or describe the tone of lee clow's beard as a bit of an exercise because i think tone of voice discussions that i've seen over the years have always f- let me down and i kind of bought into it originally and i'm like hang on after two three four years you're like "These is the same words like simple optimistic empowering <laughs> accessible humorous and simple not basic and you're like like I don't get what any of this means. What you're talking about? If you were to think of Lee Clow's beard, how would you describe the tone?
1: Oh wow. that's a good question because Lee Cloud's beard is—it's me. I mean, that is my personal writing. That's that's the way that I do do things. I just slapped mm. Lee's face on it, and I was lucky enough uh, or cursed enough that people who knew Lee thought it sounded like him. So originally before it was revealed who it was and even now because people don't tend to pay attention uh, closely enough, I'd have people follow me and DM me who thought it was Lee and they'd be like, I'm going to be in you know Los Angeles this weekend would you like mm-hmm. to meet for tea and I'd you know I'd kindly tell them like this isn't this isn't Lee please you know which is fine I, I never made it I never said that it was me in in the beginning I, but i never, claim to be lee i kind of thought people would realize that possibly the most famous advertising art director of of all time does not sit around trying to think of one you know 140 character quasi smart thing to say every day and tweets it out at you know between 9 and 10 a.m pacific time you know he's Mm -hmm. he's got more important things to do with his life whereas i did not have more important things to do with my life so that's, that, that's where we go. But it's tone is, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, label it, you know, nailed down tone, you know, it, it comes, you know, you, you start using those, those words that everyone starts using. Hopefully it's, it's clever without being too clever. And I probably tend to push that boundary every once in a while. Um, I want it to, you know, always be smart and accessible um, and interesting in, in word choice Sometimes I go maybe a touch um, overboard with that, but I I also I, I assume my audience is is intelligent, and if they they don't get it, they don't get it, and that's that's fine. There's enough out there. I'll be back tomorrow, and they'll get that one. Which I think it's another thing that tends to be to, to be uh, missing in uh, a lot of advertising in general is that we we assume the audience is not as smart as they they are and you know the 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 populace as a whole you could argue just by being on twitter that you know we are just a bunch of idiots uh trying to burn down the planet but people know what ads are people are quite media savvy people know what you're trying to do so treat them with respect and you know they don't have to get every joke they don't have to understand every single word people would rather be assumed to be smarter than they are than not. Um, so that's that's how I, I tend to write almost everything I do, even once for a very simple brand.
0: It's interesting to hear you use some lofty brand language to describe your own tone of voice. And, and I think that's because it's accessible to you. Uh, but I, I, I think after a beer or two, maybe there's some sharper language coming out, Mr. Fox. Such as? well how would you describe lee cloud's beard the turn of voice like, how does it feel to write it like sometimes i get in moods where even if i'm writing something that i think is positive it feels like i'm kind of like blood dripping and bludgeoning <laughs> words from deep inside my gut onto the page like and i start to hear this voice in my head that sounds a little bit like what i just did and it's sort of staccato what's was that staccato it's like boom 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 i hear these like heavy footsteps coming and i just kind of bludgeon these words out um <laughs> uh, just that I'd share that with you, but like, how does it feel when you write Lee Cloud's Beard? Are you dancing in the clouds with daisies and angels or are you a little bit melancholic or are you like, God, oh, I man. feel really happy right now? What, what does it feel like to write these words?
1: At this point, because it's been 10 and a half years <laughs> and I'm still, it's, it's now, it's become a test of endurance in, in a way, um, yeah. but I feel it's kind of still needed um, and I've had an uptick in followers the last six months or so. So it's like, well, I guess people are still hunting it down and finding it and enjoying it and getting something out of it. So I'll, I'll keep going until I've just kind of can't, can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's reinvention because I'm not, you know, I'm covering the same things kind of over and over again and trying to cover them in new ways. Every once in a while, a new topic kind of springs up because of what the, the industry happens to be talking about at, at that particular moment. I mean, there, there are things that are more barbed and more, um, I guess heavy hitting than other things because sometimes I try to talk about craft, you know, whether that's writing or art direction, or you know, get in the weeds with font choice and kerning and those sorts of issues, all the way up to the big societal uh, things if in our industry, whether that's inclusion and diversity and the, and those uh, so t- sorts of issues, and, and ages of them are just just a kind of rampant jackassery that mm-hmm. afflicts. It's like the industry mm-hmm. at, at large, which mm-hmm. I doubt is any different than any other industry out there. To be honest, because I've got so many followers that when I tweet things like that, you know, they'll respond. Oh, it's just like that in engineering or in architecture and these in the you know, whatever field they happen to be in. Which, which I'm mm-hmm. sure is true because people are people and problems seem to be endemic across uh, every yeah. industry. Yeah.
0: Well, let me let me give you one more question. I f- I feel like I'm pushing for somewhere. I'm pushing you somewhere that I'm not sure you're going to let me go and I'm doing it, do from, it. An unfair place, do uh, from an unfair place in that I've thought about this stuff a lot in the way that I write and I'm like oh I think I know how I'd answer these questions but a lot of people don't think about this and maybe it's unnecessary to think about this so what I'm kind of curious about I know this would be my last kind of unnecessarily psychological question if you're not, if you're not careful and that's not a threat uh, or is it a threat how do you experience yourself in this interaction as we're talking versus how you see the tweets once they're live and people have interacted with them. Is that the same person? Is there a different energy? Do you look at what you've written and how people have interacted with it and see yourself differently to how we're having this conversation? I'm not going to apologize for that question. I think it's a good question. You should,
1: you should, you should probably apologize for most of the questions. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and, go, go ahead and answer these. Um, in, 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 in a certain regard, yes. Because, you know, obviously, I have my personal account where I say different things, and the, obviously a bunch of random things that have nothing to do with advertising and just being a, a, a goofball or you know poking the bear in different regards. That I'm not going to do on Lee Cloud's beard because that has its own mission. And even though its style is me, and I'm not tweeting anything that I don't believe. You know, I'm not just trying to make up some random you know junk that sounds good and about advertising. And you know, these are things that I do stand behind it's not the same thing it's it's a chunk of me and it's what i believe about advertising but it's obviously not all of me and the totality of me
0: and you know i give want give me the words give me, i want you to describe the words you keep fending me off mr fox describe you the like? word
1: like how? How do you maybe I don't understand what you're wanting? I, question
0: you're I, know, I, I told you it was a pretty amazing question, and sometimes amazing questions don't <laughs> it's make sense. So amazing
1: that it's going oh, completely like, over my aged
0: brain. No, no, no. Well, that's that's part of the theater of uh, whatever it is that I do in the world. No, it's um, <laughs> like I see. So when I when I do talks, training, or write, I see a certain um, like positive, upbeat, electric energy. But often when I'm Interacting with people, um, anxious or nervous or a bit sad, and and also when I'm writing, there's sometimes like this kind of anger and uh, like a, a, a quiet violence sometimes in some of the stuff that I write about, and that's on a personal level, right? So I, I kind of experience myself in those those three ways. What words are you going to choose to answer the question? I just answered my own question, Mister Fox.
1: Oh, about that, I'm never. It is true. It is at this at this point. It's it's a little more. Mechanical, I guess, than, than it used to be, because I'm trying to not repeat the same things over and over again. The themes, of course, are going to come back multiple times as I continue to do this. It's rare that I'm that I'm writing anything from a place of uh, anger or urgency, just because I've already covered almost everything i've already been there and and done that so i'm trying to be i'm trying to find a different perspective on it not just a different way of saying it but a different angle to, to, to focus on bring a, you know, something a little different to the forefront of that particular issue so it, it becomes more of a of a, a puzzle of both what we'll to talk about because sometimes i'll see a, a tweet from somebody and that sparks it and i'm done in you know Ten minutes, and I'm good to good to go. And other times, it's just a, a struggle, you know, to, to to get something that I think is is, is worth posting that day, okay. even though I've got this massive list of uh, unpublished bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that 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 is what it it is. I'm 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 driven to hopefully do something that matters for the the, the industry. So if if someone out there is wondering why am I bothering doing this? I'm surrounded by people who either don't know what they're doing or aren't wanting to do things the way I think they should be done. Then maybe there's this other rando out there who thinks and feels the same way I do and has some insightful things to, to, to share because he's, he's yeah. around the, the block a few hundred times more than than, than I I have yet. But I, I I am very sprightly by the way, I'm just gonna throw that out there.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to believe. The thing is, you started with words (laughs) like uh, spoof, sarcastic, and barbed, and the whole time my brain's going, "I'm going to get through the barbs. I'm going to get through the barbs. I'm going to get through the barbs. Am I in? Am I in?" And uh, I don't. What kind of barbs? I mean, I don't.
1: I don't mind. You use the word. You use the word. Well, I know it is. There are things that are barbed, and I, I don't shy away from those things. I mean, I call out, but it's it's always. Even though a lot of things are inspired by things I've actually experienced, I've been around people. Used to wonder, well, is that about this particular client or you know this incident? That's like, I've been around long enough and been in enough agencies and dealt with you know scores and scores of clients. Any experience I've had is not the first experience that I've had in that regard. So anything that I'm talking about, you can't point to one. You can point to four five or a dozen and they've all been melded together. So I'm never seeking revenge or anything upon a particular person, but there's a particular mindset that I don't mind attacking. You know, there are certain clients who think a certain way. There are certain agency owners that think a certain way. And a lot of those, a lot of those tend to flow out in the, you know, dearest agency management or dearest client or dearest, dearest, you know, creative director, you know, I'll poke fun at my own sort of, I guess, you know, level of, uh, Management and uh, seniority. There's just certain ways yeah. of thinking that need to be taken down a notch because they're not helping yourself or your colleagues or the people under you or the people above you or your clients or your brand if you are a client or your customer. And there's all these things. I, I don't mind poking at that. There's a re, but there there is a reason I don't. You know, you, you'll never see anything on on the beard that calls out a specific ad or calls out a specific brand, you know, it says, why are you doing this? That's, that's not what that is for. That's not why I started it. And that's not, that's not, you know, I'll, I'll do that on my own account. Yeah.
0: You know, I, Not I, there. I think I, I think where i'm trying to get to is like because we we're, were talking about fundamentals there's fundamentals of brand building fundamentals of writing fundamentals of copywriting and i know that one part of my agenda in life is to try to help people understand the fundamentals of their brain and that you, you can feel different ways writing different things at different times in your life or feel nothing but i think you have to feel something to get through to decent writing a lot of writing i read just feels really robotic and disinterested in itself and i'm like where's the person in this writing and, yes. I, and so that's kind of that's okay, kind of the agenda that, that. that i'm that i'm trying to get to and uh, because people don't always have the vocabulary or the questions to answer to even point these things out and so if someone is Looking up to what you're doing, they might feel like that's so far off for them. They're just trying to work out how to write a decent CV, and they're like, "I can't even necessarily write this in a clear way that's getting me interviews. How on earth could I like write something for ten and a half years on on the internet?" And so, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to help people understand some of that journey. And um, yeah, that's kind well, that's of true well, for so
1: people. You, well, that's true. I mean, for for me, this it, it's what I do. So it's who it's it's all it all. It doesn't always flow per se, but it, it comes out. It's already, it's already there. I already know how to do it. You know, I would say if, if, if you're unsure of how to make something, you know, good or better from a writing standpoint, start with making it clear, Mm -hmm. then work on making it interesting, you know, go back, leave it, you know, for a day, come back to it. Yeah, that's the big, give, give things time and the ability to breathe. If you're really not feeling it, don't do it. Come back to it later. Set it aside Mm -hmm. if you're writing, because that's when you get the robotic things. Like, I don't care about this. I want to get it out the door, especially from an advertising standpoint. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, who, who wrote this, and did they actually think it was worthwhile? Or was it just something they had to get out the door? They've already been beaten down. It's not, you know, that's a writing issue and an account management issue and a client issue, and you know, there's a lot of issues at play. Usually, they come into having a piece of bad work, especially on more when you're talking about large, large brands who have the the resources to not do that. Although I think pretty much everybody has the resources to not do junk.
0: Yes, and I'm grabbing a yellow highlighter and I'm coming back to the phrase, "It's what I do." And in that phrase is another phrase, which is "it's who I am," and that sense of self, whether it's acknowledging melancholy or writing in a, in a mechanical way or having words that need to go somewhere, that is even that's that's a gift of an idea and a thought. It's not always easy; it can be complicated. But a lot of people, when they're starting out, they, they're like, "I think I'm a writer," but like they don't. That's not like this is who I am. This is my voice. This is what I'm about. That just takes time. Did you feel that early on, or is that, is that like a, a sense of is that some did you arrive at that sense of self later in life?
1: I would say that it came later, and it 's not something that I fully embrace now, and I actually think that that is a good thing, um, but i 'll try and go, go go back in back in time because i can't unlike share <laughs> go back in time. I got into writing for advertising because I was a marketing major, which I enjoyed, but I enjoyed. The uh, strategy, your product development, those sorts of things. When I was coming out of school, that's not what you were able to get a job in. It just wasn't. You know, strategy really hadn't hit, You know, planning hadn't hit America, at least not in the Midwest. I went to school in uh, St. Louis. It hadn't uh, reached here. I wasn't going to be a planner because I had no idea what a planner was. I enjoyed writing. I was good at it. I wrote the group papers, this, that, and the other. I never really considered being a writer, even though it kind of runs in the family, because most writing I'd, I'd done I'd, was you know, schoolwork, academic writing. I'd always, you know, inject some humor, this, that, and the other, but it wasn't anything I'd ever considered as as a career until my final semester of my senior year when I took the one advertising class that the business school offered, it was taught by an adjunct professor who was an account guy at a local agency. The agency is now uh, defunct. But they had, for those into advertising history, it was uh, Darcy. They had um, Skittles at the time. Had a lot of Anheuser-Busch because I was in St. Louis and they also had Skittles. And he had the Skittles team come in and speak, a writer, art director, I thought, well, this sounds pretty interesting. I wonder how long it gets to be an advertising copywriter. So I went and spoke to the writer afterwards, and he gave me advice on you know, portfolio building books about this and the other, and took his advice and got into it. But I didn't consider myself a writer. It wasn't like, I must write. I'm, I've never been one of those people that just that says, I have to sit down and get all these words out and just get these stories out and this, that, and the other. I enjoyed immensely I mean, it's what I do like to do, but I've never been one of those, if I don't write, I'm going to go insane. If I don't create, I'm going to go insane. But it's never been, it has to be, it has to be with, with words. Obviously, over time, I've been very serious about my my craft and getting better at it and seeing how it, it works, how it works from a, just a pure you know, word choice and paragraphs and copy and how they interact with the design and this and the other, those sorts of things from all the way up to a more strategic level and making sure it's, it's the brand's voice and not just, you know, me being a goofball and those sorts of things. But I don't, I don't know. I don't want to just be a writer. I don't want my identity to be as a writer. I'm actually, I somehow wrote myself into speaking at a, a creative mornings event in this' coming March and it's on identity so I'm starting that presentation now and my identity is not a writer that's not who I am it's part of who I am but it's not all of who I am so you know that that could go away I could get you know in a car accident and damage the part of my brain that controls that now suddenly I'm not a writer so that I do them that's not you know it comes and it goes always the greatest fear of any writer is that you're gonna stare at that blank piece of uh, fake paper in the word doc and not ever be able to think of anything again,
0: which is uh,
1: fortunately not not happened. But a little fear is always motivating.
0: Totally, totally. All right, let me ask you one last question. And I, I know there are answers to this question in other answers that you've given me. About ten, 10 and a half years into writing Lee clow's Beard, what keeps you going?
1: Honestly, I'm still hoping someone reads that and thanks we should get this guy on staff because he knows what he's doing. That's why I started it. That's why that's literally why I started it 10 and a half years ago was to let people know that this guy who wasn't at the big shops hadn't been in big markets. Uh, could still know how advertising works and create things of uh, value for the industry and the, and, and, and brands. And,
0: you know, I don't, I have
1: a pretty decent portfolio I've worked on some giant brands and a lot of smaller brands and I'm very proud of the work that I've uh, able to do but there's just chances come and chances go and you just hope that you're doing something out there that's gonna stick with someone and someone's going to think you know that's 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 the person we need so yeah I mean that's that's what it comes down to and I am at this point trying to get to 2,500 tweets and as yeah. of today I am 50 away uh from that and then we'll here. see what happens i i, I took a break after a thousand another break after two thousand i'm gonna hit twenty five hundred and at least take a break or we'll see if maybe it's time to morph it into a different uh, medium than hmm. twitter but never know it's awfully easy to just bang out a, well it's not always easy but it's a lot easier than say doing a podcast
0: Well, a podcast where you just ask people long, rambling, confusing questions—I find that really easy.
1: Well, if I'd known that, it would have started one long ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's amazing what you've done, and I appreciate your story, and also, you know, this because you know you're getting feedback about how you're doing some kind of public service, just helping people feel that they're not insane for feeling the way they feel when they're in stupid situations and that is a gift you know look I would also laugh at at what I just said as well but like it's a gift because often we feel like it's like is this what the hell is why am i in so many meetings why is this meeting happening like this why did i get 100 emails today we haven't even done any good work in three years like is that normal what's normal i don't know what's normal and then they see something that you might have tweeted and be like oh totally get it thank god (sighs) breathe (laughs) i can go on with the rest of my day now i'm not insane (sighs) right that's that's the point Oh, actually, a quick last question: When people yes. DM you and ask you if you are Lee Clow and if you want to meet, have you ever said yes and then just sent a large beard to be at the <laughs> de- destination that they suggest? Have you ever done that? I have not. I
1: have not done that. I usually forward the request onto onto Lee mm. and uh, see what see what he wants to do about that. That has not happened for a while since we uh, pulled back the curtain back in two thousand twelve. But I'm sure, at least half the followers still think especially newer ones um still think that i'm 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 lee which is a compliment but i kind of feel bad for lee he doesn't seem (laughs) to mind he's got his awesome career he doesn't he doesn't need me out there
0: doing anything for him yeah Awesome. Jason Fox, I really appreciate you talking to me today about the fundamentals of brand building, copywriting, writing, and uh, creating like a little creative corner on the internet for yourself and Lee Cloud's beard. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today on Sweathead.
1: Thank you very much. I was glad to be
0: here. Where can people find you?
1: <laughs> we've been talking about it. I know. Uh, well, they can find me at Lee Cloud's beard. That's obviously uh, what we've been talking about. Or uh, my personal account is Jason underscore Fox. Uh, You can find me, my website is jasonfox.net, which is probably one of the oldest personal portfolio sites on the net since I started it in 1996. So don't tell me. Oh, you show off. Oh, my God. Don't tell me I'm not a digital native.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, (laughs) keep keep going. Make Go Beyond 2500. Look forward to seeing what you're up to next. And maybe there's a whole bunch of other side projects that are going to come out of you like a Cambrian explosion. See what I just did? I just went long and curling and esoteric again. Uh, Jason. (laughs) At least I got the reference. You're very welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Peace.